wonderful good morning to all of you. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to be together uh, as uh, the, the family of God in this place. And uh, those who are not able to be here but who are watching us from a distance, we just wish you well. May God uh, touch your life and uh, those of you who are sick, may you recover quickly. We thank God that uh, we have seen many wonderful good, good stories uh, within our family. Uh, even so, people may have been sick, but we have seen uh, all of them recover over time. Today, I want to uh, speak about a subject that I feel uh, may be lingering on many people's minds, you know, uh, wondering what is happening in our world. We're hearing of so many issues. Uh, it's like the world is going out of control. But uh, my theme today is no reason to fear. God is in control. And, and really, this is what I want to put ahead of everything else. There is no reason to fear for you and me because God is in control of our lives. I'm not saying that there are not people who have got to fear because there are certain people who don't live right. There are certain people who live a life of sin, and they better fear. They better, uh, you know, come to grips with uh, their future and even their present because uh, it is an awful thing to find themselves in the hands of God in judgment. But for us who are in the hands of God, we are safe, we are secure because he's taking care of, of us. And that does not mean that we are not going to live forever here on earth. No, but even if we die, we still live in him. And I think that's what we must understand. So for you and me who are part of the family of God, those of us who are waiting for the appearance of our Lord, there's no reason to fear because he is fully in control of our lives. Simply because we have given him control of our life. We made him Lord and Savior. And that's what we call him. And I hope we all don't just say it, but we are practicing it, that he, we allow him to be our Lord, our King, our ruler, our guide. And when we have made that decision, then definitely he will take good care of each and every one of us. Now let me read a few scriptures, and along the way I will uh, get some few others. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 tells us, Look, he is coming in the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who have pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Praise God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. It's the beginning and the end. In the Greek alphabet, Alpha, of course, is A. Omega is the last letter of the alphabet, the Greek alphabet. So he is not only the first and the last, but he is including everything inside the alphabets. Okay? The B, the C, the D, the E. So even the Delta is included there, the Delta virus. <laughs> Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. This is a powerful word that God has given us through these 
dedicated man of God, Daniel, a great prophet. He says, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like the son of man. Coming with the clouds, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Praise God. And Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, just as a man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that we can be able to gather under a very positive sign. And that is your victory. That is what you have done for us at the cross of Calvary. You carried our sin away from us. You broke the barrier that was between us and our creator. And we thank you, Lord, our God, that we are able to consider your word today, understand all the good things that you are doing in each and every one of our lives. So, Lord, we give you praise, we give you honor. We say thank you, Lord, that you are in control of our world, no matter what is happening around us. So, Lord, we thank you, and we say, Lord, guide us, even as we listen to your word. Amen. Well, we are living in a time of many frightening upheavals. I'm sure you will agree with me. Uh, during this week, when I was uh, watching some news items, you know, either in South Africa with all these riots going on where many people have lost their lives, or in, in Germany where, where, you know, there were very heavy torrents, rains that people had never seen in their lives, uh, that a small river of normal 60 centimeters high was rising to a, to a torrent of eight meters uh, flat. I mean, this is, this is unseen, this is unheard of. And uh, many people by now, maybe 160 people have lost their life in Germany and Belgium and Netherlands and maybe in some other places. Now, these are upheavals that we are not used to on a daily basis. I mean, certain things happen, yes, but of late, you will agree with me that more and more of these kind of reports are happening. You know, we have heard of wildfires in Australia. We have heard of uh, fires which have destroyed, you know, total, uh, 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 you know, complete forests and have, have uh, you know, destroyed many houses that were uh, somewhere placed in between those forests. And as I said, you know, when I listened to some of the news item, items, uh, uh, especially last week, more and more people have been using the word apocalypse. This is the apocalypse. Now, what is the apocalypse? You know, uh, the, the word ap apocalypse is a Greek word. 
That's where it's coming from. And uh, what these people want to uh, ex express is what the Collins Dictionary uh, says. The apocalypse is the total destruction and the end of the world. Now, good news for you, that's the wrong definition. <clears throat> okay, that is not the correct definition. Okay, yes, of course, uh, these are things that are happening. Okay, now the same <clears throat> Collins Dictionary gives us, thankfully, some other uh, very interesting um, uh, definitions of that word. Okay, so it, it talks about that this is, apocalypse is used in the Jewish and Christian uh, writings, depicting symbolically the ultimate destruction of evil and the triumph of good. That sounds better, isn't it? The ultimate destruction of evil, okay, and the triumph of good. And that's what really it is. Okay, again, it is also described as a disclosure regarding a prophetic uh, as the prophetic and the revelation, of course, that comes from the living God. And also, you know, uh, the book of Revelation is actually called the book of the Apocalypse. And the Apocalypse really means in the Greek, something that is hidden will get uncovered. Okay, and the book of Revelation is such a book that uncovers a lot of happenings that were hidden up to that time. And then were in, uncovered when God gave this book, the Apocalypse or the Revelation to John, his uh, disciple and the apostle who had become an old man by that time. Now, what we must also understand is that to some extent the book of Revelation or the Apocalypse is still a hidden book. A lot of people read it and many of us, we have read it and studied it. Every now and then we go back to that book, and I think it's a very good, uh, a good practice to study the book of Revelation. But there are certain things that are still hidden. Even so, they are written in the Bible, but they are still question marks because we cannot really easily put them into uh, the kind of uh, context that we understand fully what God is actually talking about. But what we can see is, that God is in control. No matter what happens, he has got all things in his mighty and powerful hands. Okay, like this song, he has got all things in his hands, isn't it? And for sure, we must understand the God who knew all these things that would take place in the future, in fact, even in our time, because, you know, at the time of the writing of the book of uh, Revelation, or even the Bible itself, you know, the, the, the other books of the Bible, uh, at that time, we were in a distant future, okay? From the First Testament time, you know, uh, the, 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 it was thousands of years, and the New Testament times, even 2,000 years into the future. And yet all of these things are reported accurately. And you know, we live in the future when you take the standpoint of the writers of the Bible, okay? Because at that time, they were looking forward, not realizing what our world today would be like. But yet, they accurately wrote down what God gave to them to tell us, showing us that God is absolutely in control, okay? 
anybody who is just remotely even giving thought to the word of God must come to the conclusion there is a God who has a plan. There is a God who knows what's going to happen. There is a God who is in control. And that is what we should take out of these scriptures that we have been hearing and that we will be reading today. So we are looking around in our time. And, you know, indeed, it might be frightening. You know, we have been battling with COVID for a better time of two years now. Okay? We are seeing all of these different uh, challenges our world is facing. And really, it looks bleak. The other day, I heard of, of, of a new uh, mysterious disease somewhere else in, the, in, in East Asia that people have no answer of what this is going to be about. Whether it's just a loc localized uh, situation or whether maybe it's another, another uh, thing that will go around the world. We don't know. So yes, there are riots. Just because of small issues, you know, riots can take place and you know, many people can lose their life as we have seen in South Africa. The forest fires. These floods that we have heard of. And so many other things that are bearing on our minds. And we wonder, what is going to be our future like? Some of the people who lost their lives, they had literally no time to prepare because within seconds, the water came in such ways that people had no time to even uh, take anything from their houses. And some of them, they were swept away in cars with no chance to do anything about their future. And that's the reason why we must know how important it is to be prepared. You know, you, you, you have no clue about your future. I have no clue about the way God eventually will call me out of this world. What is important is that we are ready in season, <clears throat> as the Bible says, and out of season. Okay? For many people <clears throat> who have lost their lives, it was a very nice time. I mean, this was summer. Uh, while we are feeling cold here, in the northern hemisphere, it's hot. They had a very, very nice time enjoying many people our holidays. And in the midst of all that, there comes this mighty torrent that leaves no chance of escape for anybody. Amazing. Now, if you hear what is happening on a daily basis, especially in the United States, you hear of gun violence, which, which takes the lives of people on a daily basis. And not in small numbers, but in big numbers. So you wonder, what kind of a world are we living in today? But you know, all these things should not unsettle us who are in Christ. It's very important for us to remember what Jesus said. He says, when you are in my hand, nobody can you know, tear you out, pull you out of my hands. What can separate us from the love of God? Not even this. Because this will only take us closer to our God. Because that's where our destiny is all about. So Jesus has prepared us for such situations. 
and we must never get unsettled. You know, it's amazing how many uh, people, and not just people in general, but even how many Christians have been unsettled by the COVID uh, pandemic. There are fights going on, even within churches, whether to take a, a vaccine or not. Some people take it as an as a antichrist plot to wipe out the world, you know. I mean, sometimes I wonder, you know, God has given us intelligence. Why are we not using that? You know, all of us, I don't think with any, without any exceptions, all of us were vaccin vaccinated when we were children. Am I right? You didn't even know it, what was going on. You were not even asked. You know, your parents didn't come to you and say, my, my, my child, do you want to come and get vaccinated? <laughs> Can you remember that? No. no. Because everybody knows it's time for vaccines, you know, this is the right age, okay, let's go. And you went, and you got vaccinated. And thank God, uh, it protected us. You've heard that uh, in Nigeria, there was a certain group of people who refused to be vaccinated. I think it was polio, if I'm not wrong. Okay, polio. So while polio was wiped out in the whole world, these people had refused to get vaccinated for or against polio. Okay? So lo and behold, one day, polio came back. And of course, who got hit? Not the people who had been vaccinated, but the people who had not been vaccinated. Last night, I heard a report that the numbers, uh, especially uh, in Europe and the United States, are going up again, okay? And they, they, were, they were citing a very staggering number that 99.5% of all the people who are dying now are people who are not vaccinated. 99.5%. I mean, that is as, almost as good as 100%. You'd agree with me. Okay, so you understand God has given us a brain. And thank God we have got scientists. We have got people who are, you know, uh, dedicating their life to find solutions for the problems that are facing us in this world. And thank God for them. Okay. God is a good God. God has given us solution. You know, throughout history, whenever there was a new disease coming, and you know there were many. If you go into history, there were so many diseases. You know, uh, we, we have uh, 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 the Middle Ages. If you are studying the Middle Ages, there was a, uh, there was a disease called the black, the black Pest or Black Death. And it wiped away a third of all the people in that particular areas where, where that uh, disease hit. You know, of course, it was diff more difficult to, to defeat at that time because people were not as advanced as we are today in uh, technology and science. But today, thank God, we have so many answers. And why are people backwards? Okay? The Bible never says, don't get vaccinated. Tell me the scripture. It's not there, isn't it? No, but God take, uh, tells us over and over again that we should take care of our lives. 
We are responsible for our lives. It's a gift that God has given to us, and we need to take care of this life. So it's only prudent for us that we trust enough, number one, in our God who takes care of everything, and also into the people that he has empowered to give us those kind of vaccines. Okay, I hear every now and then when people get interviewed, they say, no, I have not yet checked it out. I have not yet checked it out. I have to first check it out. You know, these are people who have got no clue about science. But they are saying, I want to check it out. You know? Now, you know, you, we, we need to learn to trust. If we can trust our God, then we should also trust his messengers, even if they're coming in the name of science. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Because God is a good God. God means well. So we ought to learn lessons from what we are experiencing right now. Our world is going through what Jesus himself calls labor pain. Okay? You know, when something new is to be born, uh, there is to be labor in order to bring it forth. And all these things that we are seeing today is evidence of God fulfilling his plans. And remember, we are talking about the plans of God that God is going to fulfill during this, uh, this season, during this year. You know, just like when a caterpillar comes to the moment of transformation, of transition, uh, it is a very, very tough time for a caterpillar to transform itself into a butterfly, okay? And so the world that we are living in, the world full of sin, the world full of darkness, the world full of evil, is in labor pain because something better has to come. Amen. Now, let's me, let me read for you a scripture in the book of Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, verse 21. These are words Jesus has given us. And uh, we read, at, the time, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. Okay, so in other words, Jesus says, don't believe everything, okay, because there are people who are telling you lies. That's a fact. And Jesus gives us a heads up about what we need to be aware of, okay? If there was a need for us to be aware of vaccines, he would have told us. But no, it doesn't talk about a vaccine. It talks about people who are leading others astray, okay? So if somebody says, look, here is Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. You know, it's amazing that I hear from many Christians who don't want to take vaccines, but who are easily believing every nonsense that some kind of prophet is propagating somewhere. And if, you know, we come into discussion, and I have been discussing this issue with many people, 
They're saying, no, but you can't say, look at all the signs, all the miracles, you know. They can even turn against me and say, in your ministry, you don't have these signs and miracles. Do you know that signs and miracles are not a sign of being right? Not at all. Okay? False prophets are false prophets. False Christs are false Christ. Yes, they have appeared, and some of them have disappeared. Yes, they performed signs and wonders to deceive, if it were possible, even the elect. The elect is those who are in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why, you know, we must be based upon God's word. We must be firmly established on the word of God and not just get carried away by the things that people do. Because, you know, the devil has got power too. You remember when Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and Pharaoh was asking, why, why should I leave, let your people go? You know, God uh, told Ad, uh, Abraham, I mean Moses, to put his stuff on the ground and it became a snake. And uh, Pharaoh just called his magicians and they did exactly the same thing. So now who is who? So that's why we must never just believe in what our eyes are seeing. You know, we must never just believe in, in signs and miracles because they can mislead us. The, the, the devil and his, uh, his fallen angels, the demons, they also have power. Of course, not the same power that God has. But we must understand how to differentiate that which comes from God and that which comes from the evil one. And how we can differentiate is just simply by the word of God. Okay? That is the way to differentiate. Let me go back to Mark chapter 13, verse 23. Okay? We must not be deceived. Okay? We must not be deceived. So be on your guard. Okay? This is a word that we should underline in our Bible or write it somewhere. Be on your guard. I've told you everything ahead of time. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. Now thank God these things which Jesus describes here, they have not yet happened. And yet, you know, the signs that we are seeing are the beginning of uh, those very things that Jesus is talking about. This is not the only scripture. There are many others, uh, including in the book of Revelation, that talk about the, uh, the, the increasing number of such events that we are witnessing today, and it's a clear sign of the end times. Now, when I say the end times, I cannot tell you when Jesus come, comes because I don't know. And nobody knows. Jesus said even at the time when he was here with us, he says nobody knows even the Son of Man does not know, only the Father knows. 
So that's a very closely guarded secret. So I would not be right to say Jesus comes tomorrow. Okay. But then, don't forget, for those people who were, uh, you know, shocked by the torrent waves of, uh, of those waters uh, flooding their cars and their houses and, 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 and their lives and who have died, it has already come. Okay? So we, we may see the end of the world uh, as something that will happen, you know, when we are all there. We may not be there, but we must be ready at all seasons, at any one time. We must prepare ourselves. We must be on our guards. And Jesus is very clear that we should be learning a lesson from what is happening around us today. God has given us a roadmap. He has warned us and he has shown us that these events, they are coming, they're going to happen. The very things that we are seeing in our world today. The Bible adequately and clearly describes every one of these events, even those which we are seeing today. And we must understand the signs of the times. Jesus calls it the lesson from the fig tree. You know, when the fig tree begins to bring out its shoots, then you know the time is coming that the fruit is going to be ready. And the fruit that is going to be ready in this regard is what Jesus calls his coming. The coming of Jesus, not as savior at that time, but as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So let us not be like a leaf in the wind that is blown from here to there. Or as uh, the Apostle Paul says, let us not be like little children who are tossed back and forth in our world. But let us be firmly planted in the word of God and come to the full stature of Christ so that we can be able to judge what is happening in our world. Because we are adults in Christ. We ought to be adults in Christ. We must be able to say, yes, this is what God has been speaking about. And once we know that God has been talking about these things, we should not be frightened by them because we know that the very God who has spoken about these things is the very God who holds us firmly in his mighty hands. But nevertheless, let's remember, we must be on guard because Jesus will come again. It's very clear. He spoke about it. And many times it is very clearly documented in the word of God. Let me just read for you two scriptures. In the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 31, the Bible says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, it doesn't say if the Son of Man comes in his glory, but it says when. It's just a matter of time, okay? We don't know the time. No one knows the time. And that's why we must always be careful not to frighten people with, with uh, dates. Okay, at such and such a time, this and this is going to happen. Because we don't know. So all these people who have given you dates at what, uh, at what time, what, uh, which things are going to happen, uh, they are going to uh, be disappointed. If you go into the recent history, the, the last 100 years, you will see that there were a number of people who declare Jesus is coming on such a such a time. Let's go on a mountain and wait for him. And they were waiting on the mountain and Jesus never came. Okay? 
There are many stories. So let's not be foolish. Let's be wise. Okay? What we need to do is get ourselves ready, ourselves, our hearts, our, our minds, so that we know whenever Jesus comes, we are ready for him. So when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, just imagine what kind of a, uh, an amazing move that must be. You know, the, the angel world is a world that we cannot count. We don't know its number. There are multitudes and multitudes. And Jesus comes with all the angels. And he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. Okay, have you seen there? He's coming back to this earth, but he's sitting on a throne of heavenly glory. Amazing, huh? Sounds like a contradiction. But we must understand that in God's word, there is no contradiction. It's only that we cannot fully understand that. All nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. You know, a good shepherd knows his sheep. Okay? I've watched a video. You can actually find it on YouTube where you can see how a shepherd is able to separate sheep and goats by simply using certain sounds which the sheep understand and they gather around the, the shepherd and the goats, they don't. So, you know, everyone who has Christ inside of his life and heart will be able to hear the voice of the Lord. And we, be, we are able to gather around him while the goats, and Jesus is using the, the, uh, the tuck goats for those who were not following the call of God, not receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So that is going to come. So Jesus is coming again. It's not an if, but it's a when. Let me take you to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 and verse 7. It's a scripture that we read quite frequently and often we don't go as far as we should. In verse 7, the Bible says, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and the dates of the that the Father has set by his own authority. Okay, because the disciples, they wanted to establish the kingdom right there and then. Okay, when Jesus had come back from the grave and they felt now we can be able to establish the kingdom of God right here. But Jesus said, no, no, it's not up to you. The time and the dates are not yet aligned for that kingdom to be established. But you will receive power when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before the very eyes and the cloud hit him from their sight. Okay, a lot of people think that Jesus was jumping on the cloud and the cloud took him somewhere else. No, no, that's not right. Actually, he was just disappearing from the visible into the invisible world. A cloud hit him. Okay? Now they were looking up, trying to see where could Jesus be. But then, you know, when we deal with the invisible, our natural eyes will not be able to see. They cannot perceive. And so Jesus just simply went from this visible world into the invisible worlds. 
They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Who were the two men dressed in white? They were angels sent to appear to them like human beings. And God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit agreed even before the foundation of the world how the fallen creation, how sinful man could be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And that's why the Bible tells us that the cross was actually erected even before the foundation of the world. You can find it in the book of Revelation. So God is in control. And when Jesus left his disciples, when Jesus left his earth, he actually went to be with his father. In fact, the Bible tells us that he was going to sit down on the right-hand side of the Father. There's another scripture in the book of Daniel, chapter 7 and verse 9, and it says, And as I looked, thrones were set in place. Okay, it doesn't say a throne, but it says thrones, which is plural, isn't it? And the Bible says, And the angel of days took his seat, which means if there were a plural of thrones, that is at least two, isn't it? Maybe three, maybe four, we don't know. I mean, in the book of Revelation, we read of many other thrones where the 24 elders, you know, uh, these are the patriarchs of the Old Testament and the apostles of the New Testament took their seats. So thrones were arranged. And this is just a few verses earlier uh, from the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13, where it says that God took his place on the throne. Okay, as I looked, thrones were set in place and the engine of days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. His hair as his head was white like wool. His throne was a flaming fire, was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. Okay, so there was activity there. In God, there's always movement, okay? Uh, wheels, they talk about uh, progression, isn't it? Because when you have a wheel, it's not something that is always in one place. Otherwise, you don't need a wheel. You just need a, a leg. But if there is a wheel, that means it takes you from A to B. And so in God, there is always movement. Okay? In God, there is always progression. And the Bible says, and the wheels were ablaze. Amazing. Okay? So there are so many hints that we are going to uh, see that we are getting uh, from the word of God. And so the Bible tells us that the son of man came to approach the angels of days and was led into his presence. Coming from the mission in this dark world, you know, when he, Jesus, came in humility as a human being in the flesh, just like us, was living on earth, was doing his work, was giving his life up as a sacrifice for all of our sins after he had fun, finished his work, after he had been buried and resurrected, he went back to the Father. And he talked about it many times. He was sitting at the right hands of, of the Father, one of the thrones that was uh, uh, prepared next to the, to the Father was the throne of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? 
Now, some people have been arguing who is the son of man. Some people think it's maybe Michael, the archangels. But let me tell you, it's not Michael, it's Jesus himself. Jesus is the son of man. In the book of uh, Luke, uh, Jesus calls himself the son of man many times. And even in the book of Revelation, we are seeing Jesus being called the son of man. Revelation chapter 1 verse 12. This was at a time when, when John the apostle heard a voice, a mighty thunderous voice. And the Bible says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Praise God. Amongst the lampstands, the lampstands are the churches. And Jesus is the one who is in the midst of his church. Amen. He was dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. And then further down in verse 17, the Bible says, When I saw him, I fell as dead. I saw dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. Okay. That's my theme today. Do not be afraid. Okay. No reason to fear. I'm in control. And he says to John, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Praise God. So let's understand, Jesus is in full control. Amen? We think there is upheaval. We think things are going out of bounds, going out of control. But in all of this, God is just finishing his work just doing exactly what he has promised from the very start, from the very beginning. God is an amazing God. So God, Father, and God's Son, the Son of Man and the Ancient of Days, they have been waiting for that moment when the work of salvation would be completed. And then they sat down, waiting for certain things to work themselves out, you know, for certain things to come into being, okay? Or what we have seen earlier on, these are the labor pains this world is going through. Don't forget, for us it may be a long time since Jesus has left. You know, after all, it's only about 2,000 years. And for Jesus, 2,000 years is just two days. Okay, so he's not delaying. He's just giving us opportunities. He's just giving us chance. If we were still having the longevity of, uh, of uh, uh, you know, early people, Adam and the people of his generation, actually, you know, they got 800, 900 years old, almost a thousand years old. So this would just be maybe two, three, three generations, isn't it? Just because we are living now very short, we don't realize you know, how short time is. Actually, we do realize when we get older. 
how short time is, isn't it? So, for God, he's not delaying. He's preparing everything that he has planned to do. And remember, this is what God says. Whatever he has planned, that is what he's going to do. Okay? Remember, God says, I'm God. My purpose will stand. And what I have planned, that will I do. Amen? So God has laid it out, all of it, in his word. And that's why we must not fear. That's why we must not lose our composure. That's why we must not uh, run away from situations that are coming to confront us because we know that God is in full control about all things. So God arranges all things. What Daniel has been seeing, you know, way back, long even before Jesus came, has come to be a reality when Jesus left this planet Earth after giving us salvation through his blood at the cross of Calvary. And there he is seated waiting for the command of the Father, it's time to go. And when it's time to go, the Bible says, the Son of Man will come in his glory and all his angels with him. When Jesus comes back, he will not come back in the way that he came the first time. A man of flesh, a human being like us. No, when he comes again, he comes with all authority, with all glory, with all the sovereign power of God Almighty. And peoples, nations, you know, of every nation, of every tongue, of every uh, persuasion, people are going to worship him. That's why the Bible tells us the, the gospel has to be preached to every nation, to every language, to every tongue. You know, that's why the Bible has been translated in so many different languages and still being translated into certain languages which do not have the scriptures at this moment in time. That is God's way of reaching this earth. So let's not forget, God will come in all of his glory and amazing things are going to unfold at that particular time. As the Bible says, he will not come again to bear our sin, but he will come to bring salvation for all those who are waiting for, for him. <coughs> now let me just read for you a scripture in the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1 and verse 6. God is just. Okay, don't worry. If you think that God is not fair, God is just. Sometimes you feel, why did God leave me in such a situation? Why did he not bail me out? You know, but the Bible says God is just. And then listen carefully. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. Okay? How many times have you prayed, Lord, deal with this guy who is troubling me and nothing happened? Because it's the wrong time, you understand? It's the wrong time. But the Bible tells us God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled 
and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. Wow. You know, you can see this is like described in different ways from different angles in different scriptures. But it's all coming to the same fact. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. You know, right now, we are all together, good and evil. And God lets his sun shine over all of us, good and evil. But it will come to an end. You know, people who are, who are rejecting God, they don't realize how much experiencing today how much goodness of God they are receiving even so they don't accept him or even reject him outright but then there comes a time when that will come to an end and the Bible says when this time comes you know they will no longer get the grace of God the Bible says they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. So no more grace. No more mercy. No more sun shining over those evil ones. And I think this is what we must know and that's why it is so urgent for us to preach the good news to everybody and find as many as we can to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the Bible says to shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among those who have believed. This includes you because you have believed our testimony to you. You see, what we know about Jesus is just a fraction. The Bible says we are going to marvel about the things which God is going to show us. It's amazing what God is going to allow us to experience in the very presence of our God. You know, when we are separated from evil once and for all, you know, we, we, we are often depressed and suppressed by, by the evil that is around us. And of course, so many times we have, we have tried to, to uh, plead with Jesus to, to take these things from us. But let me tell you, a time will come when all of these things will disappear because God will deal with it once and for all. First Thessalonians chapter 4, and I'm closing with this uh, scripture today. Verse 16, the Bible says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, all who are still alive and left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Praise God. So, do not be afraid. Whatever happens around him, us, whatever upheavals there may be, it will never stop God from fulfilling his word. 
You know, all these things that are troubling us today, like I said, they are just like labor pain. When something new is come, we forget about the labor. When the new life has been brought forth, the labor is a thing of the past. And so let us understand whether we are buried by the time Jesus comes or whether we are alive, the Bible says we will all be united before him and live with him forever. Isn't that good? So God has restored Jesus who has humbled himself to a lowly position as a human being back to the throne where he has been from eternity past. And there he has given him the blueprint, the plan that was agreed by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit of what is going to happen. So we are very safe in the hands of our God. No matter what we are experiencing around us, God is going to come in the majesty of his power. And the Bible says that every eye will see him. Whether you are alive by that time or whether you are in the grave, God has the power to release you from that grave. And you are going to see him not just with natural eyes, but you are going to see a vision just like the Bible tells us Daniel saw a vision at night. You know, at night you don't see anything with your natural eyes. But when God gives you vision, you are able to see. And God is enabling us to see the world of God in a very powerful way. Remember Jesus said, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, the beginning and the end, I'll make all things new. Praise God. So don't be frightened by what you see. Yes, of course, sometimes these things do affect us. Many of us got affected by COVID. Many people were affected by the floods or by the riots. Thank God we are far away from there, so we are not directly affected. But yet there are some brothers and sisters who were part of those upheavals and got caught within it. We haven't yet heard whether even some of the people of God lost their lives. But whatever happens, when Jesus comes, he will bring us all together. Those who are in the graves, they hear the voice of God. And they will come out of their graves. Okay? Okay, in your mind you may think, how, how does a rotten, a rotten uh, body get assembled again? Don't worry, God is God. Okay? You may even, you may even uh, cremate a body and you say it cannot come back. It's, there are no bones anymore. Hey, God is much greater than fire because he's the God who is almighty. So the fact is that God will bring every one of us back together. Those of us who are in Christ will come to be united in his very presence. And from then, you know, the new plans of God will unfold that are only given to us in, in, in hints and, 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 and little uh, nuggets here and there in the word of God. But many wonderful, great and good things are yet to come to pass. So once again, there's no reason to fear. Are you hearing me? 
Jesus says, do not be afraid. I'm the Lion of Judah, okay? I'm the Son of the Living God. I will come in power, in glory, in the authority of the Father. And I will establish my everlasting kingdom. And thank God, you and I, who are in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, are part of that kingdom, that everlasting kingdom of our Lord. Okay? For those who are not part of the body of Christ, yes, of course, they should be rather afraid. But for us who are in Christ, there is no reason to fear. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much that you are on the throne. Thank you, Lord, that you have revealed to us once again today that you are ruling and reigning in majesty. Lord, that you are going to bring to pass what you have promised in your word. Even if we think it may have taken time, Lord, you are in full control of all things. And we thank you, Lord, that even the upheavals that we are passing through in this day and age in which we live today, they cannot hinder your plans. They cannot cancel what you have decided to do, but rather they will speed up all the things that you have decided to accomplish in this world. So, Lord, we thank you that we know you, Jesus, as our Savior and Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can be waiting for you and everybody who is waiting for you will receive you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for these powerful promises, for this wonderful word that you give to us to encourage us even when we have to go through difficult times. So, Lord, we begin to understand that we can worship you even in difficult times, that we can give you thanks, that we can worship, Lord, even when so many trials and difficulties are still around us because you are on the throne and you keep your word. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen.